Hey guys, we're back. It's been a while. Yeah. It's time that intro. I'm just gonna take my shirt off and just come <laughs> back a completely different man. Yeah, yeah, basically. Uh welcome to another edition of the Bluminati Podcast, everyone. I'm your host as always, Nathan Bond. Join alongside me, the beautiful Seth Varnador and the dapper Robert Steak. How you guys been? It's been a little bit. Steak, we saw each other over the weekend. We did. That was a that was a nice little reunion of sorts. It, it really uh, was. It was it was a lot of fun. Um it was, it was like the first time you. you and I have been together in person since <laughs> one of the basketball games. It was the the Austin P basketball game. Maybe. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah, it's been a minute. Jeez. <laughs> it's been a little bit. Seth, how are you? How how are the kids? How's the family? Doing well. We got uh we got the two year olds, uh almost two year olds. Birthday's coming up next week, so we're in the pre-planning stages much like uh the pre-planning for the on-campus stadium we're in similar we're going through budget right now <laughs> trying to figure out exactly where we're at so we're, we're in similar processes so i i feel that i feel their pain over there. do you feel like your next meeting you'll actually have like a budget like set and kind of go from there or yeah gonna... right now we're looking i think maybe we're a little bit ahead we might be in the design stage right now okay um we're doing some preliminary studies on what the weather will be like okay that will you know do we get a bouncy house? Do we not? If it rains, you know, we got to look at those kind of preliminary stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Have you, have you figured out how many seats are going to be at the, at the party or are we, is it a fluctuation? We don't, we don't want it to be a small party. So we're going to go at least 40,000. Okay. Okay. That, yeah. That's, that's smart. That's real smart. Uh, is, that, is that capacity or is that seats? See, that's what we're talking about right now. Are you going to be able to build for expansion? Will the will you be able to host other parties in the venue as well? I think that's something in the future. You know, as it gets a little older and get some more friends, we'll look to expand. Okay. For this particular party, we'll probably start at that forty thousand. Again, anything right. that's forty thousand is very small. That's tiny. It's way too tiny. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Well, guys, uh, let's jump into it. We've got football pre-planning stadium stuff to go over. Uh, We've got some spring sports to go over. It's a jam-packed show. Uh, Let's jump right into it. Let's start with baseball. Let's let's rip the Band-Aid right off. Baseball finishes 28-29 on the season. They go 2-0 in the conference tournament out in Clearwater after winning – the conference tournament last season, going to a super regional, um, injuries, uh, poor pitching, some more injuries, suspensions, uh, suspensions, guys getting kicked off the team and then not actually getting kicked off the team and then actually getting kicked off the team. Uh, it was an absolute cluster for head coach Billy Mole and uh, and the Bulls, and they just could never really find their traction in conference play. They went eight and sixteen in conference play. Uh, Jared Eaton, Nick Gonzalez, and Keanu Jacobs Gashard are all in the transfer portal, as well as a couple other guys who didn't really see much playing time. So you're you're looking to replace uh, a couple of key players there. Jared Eaton had that magical run in the conference tournament last year, as well as the super regional and the regional, uh, just could not really crack the lineup again, uh, this season due to, uh, ineffectiveness and, and the freshmen coming, coming up pretty big, the, you know, Marcus Brodel, uh, they, there were some pretty good freshman, uh, contributors this season for baseball. Uh, but uh, a 5.82 team ERA is not going to get it done. 
and that's really what happened. Jack Jaciak got hurt and was lost for the season. Five starts in. Uh, Ryan Kirkering just never really found it as a starter uh, or, or you know, as a reliever as he went back to the bullpen. It was just uh, one catastrophe after another for, for this Bulls team. But we look ahead. Right, because that's what—that's the only way to do it. We look ahead to 2023, and we'll uh, reset and go from there. Um, any thoughts on baseball, Steve? I know you've been maybe a little less outspoken uh, about baseball than than most, but I, I think it's because we are so clearly in the back for baseball. It's not funny. Yeah, I—it sucked. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I think the this this the bare minimum a team in the state of Florida should go is above five hundred. Um, you know, for the season to yeah, strength of schedule aside, you know, there's too much talent in the state of Florida that they shouldn't really be any struggles uh, past this. But you know, I you kind of dealt the cards that you're handed, and the the cards that were dealt were you know not great for Billy Mole this year. I mean, it, it's you saw what the team was capable of early on the season. You know, the, the first probably like 10 games of the season, it, it was quite a serviceable team. Like probably could, could surprise some people um, probably finish like top half the conference. And then the first wave of suspensions kind of came in and then Jack Jaciak went down. You're kind of like, okay, okay, well, you know, Orion Kirkering getting some starts. We were excited about that. Cause you and I talked about it uh, quite a bit too. We were like, Yes, like Orion Kirkring needs to be getting these like starts, but then we started seeing, okay, he's the Friday starter, or he's or, or he's the Saturday starter, whichever one. Maybe like every once in a while he should start a game to try to get that draft stock up, but like to go from basically closer to your number one pitcher, all of a sudden is quite the change. It's a leap. Uh, it's yeah. definitely a leap. And he's got the raw stuff. I mean, he's what throwing mid nineties, uh, 94, Good breaking stuff. It just, it's a, it's a big leap where he really came on late in the year last season and making that jump is pretty tough. And then, uh, Hunter Mink, the, the, the Florida transfer, um, he was kind of supposed, he was the reason early in the season that, Orion could be in the rotation because he had kind of locked down that eighth, ninth inning spot. He kind of fell off. And then now you're kind of piecing everything else together. You know, Orion was, was good, you know, midweek starter. And then, then he had to jump into the weekend rotation. It's a, it, you know, gosh, this is such a terrible pun. I'm, I can't believe I'm about to say it, but it's a different ball game in the, in, on the weekends than it is in the midweek and, you know, kind of coming in there. So it, it, it was just, uh, a bad beat all around. It kind of felt like 2016 ish where there were pieces there. It's just, everyone got hurt at their mm-hmm. exact wrong time and they just could never find their traction. So hopefully uh, things kind of turn around, you know, Goodness. Florida, Florida yeah. state fired their coach after year three, Mike Martin jr. I mean, he's a legacy guy and he got fired after three years or let go, however you want to call it, not retained. So mm-hmm. You know, that's interesting. Florida's, you know, on the uh, got a new assistant coach as well. Um, for some reason, I don't think the assistant coach that was let go after 20 years is the guy that should have been let go after so long at Florida. But hey, man, he's yeah. also on his last leg. Yeah, like they're they're sick of him up up in Gainesville. Yeah, yeah, you can't you can't go back to back years not getting out of your own regional. It's that's a that's a bad beat. That is a real bad beat. Uh, Same thing down in Miami. 
He's been, there. He's been fired a couple times on <laughs> Twitter. <laughs> yeah, quite. Um, but to, to Mole's credit, um, he's bringing in two very good classes in the next two years. Um, baseball recruiting, obviously, being what it is, where you know you're not only recruiting against other teams, you're also recruiting up against uh, the Angels, the Yankees, the Dodgers, uh, and try to keep these guys from the lure of you know, low ball baseball versus, you know, college and everything like that. So yep. you'll have to fend off those. You'll, you'll usually lose like your maybe like top one or two guys in the thing. But the, the classes that they're bringing in are extremely deep, extremely Florida bred. Um, they've got a lot of good talent, good arms coming in. So and then, of course, the transfer portal being what it is, um, you know, your your first you you basically depending on who graduates and who gets drafted, and who decides to leave too, you might have to replace your entire infield. That's which that could also be an issue, and that's that's yeah, not great. Starting pitcher that's catcher, first baseman, second baseman, third baseman, and yeah, shortstop. So, um, we'll see what happens. There's a lot of talent though, and, and with baseball's disparity of you know how things go, you had some pretty good, uh, you know, rotation younger guys that probably won't get drafted. So, you know, baseball's yeah. the game of uh, sometimes the wind carries you, and sometimes the wind shits in your face. Sometimes us in the face this week, <laughs> a little bit. Um, moving on to men's golf, uh, they finished fourth in the uh, Palm Beach Regional um, with Alvin Bergstrom not playing well at all. I don't think he qualified any of his scores during the the, the regional as uh, a scoring total for for the team, but they still advanced, and then it just never really clicked for him in in the uh, in the NCAA like next round um, part, but they couldn't get to match play. Uh, they finished 28th out of 30, 30 teams. I mean, still one of the top 30 teams in the country, but such is life. Uh, you know, we had, we had dinner um, on Sunday and we were kind of told, yeah, they didn't really think that the, this would be the year for them. They've got a, they've got a kid coming in. That should be pretty good as well. We'll we'll see how that goes. Uh, I, I trust Steve Bradley with uh, my entire heart and soul that God knows how to win and recruit, and he does a really good job with it. Uh, so really um, not much to say there. I mean, being a top 30 team with what resources they have is pretty, pretty impressive uh, over there. Um, and then <clears throat> let's wrap it up. With, with, we'll do the spring sports. Um, actually, let's, Let's do track, Steve, and then we'll wrap it up with with softball, and then we'll hit to the the football stuff. Right. So, uh, yes, a few, I think, eight to Eugene, Oregon, for the uh, NCAA Track and Field Championships. Um, which is again, we'll we'll hammer this drum for the rest of time. Eric Jenkins being hired, uh, being Michael Kelly's first hire, was just the biggest grand slam you could ever ask for to turn around one of the most downtrodden programs probably in the Southeast, I would probably venture to say. Um, so he's, he's been instrumental in turning around this track and field program, you know, trying to get pa- past this, uh, this hurdle, trying to get us back on track, any other pun that I can think of. And he's, he's done it in quite an unconventional way, but he's getting there. So uh, his, you know, the big story, I guess, is Romain Beckford. He is now a, Two-time second-team All-American, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, he won it in the fall for the indoor championships, and then he won it again second-team in the outdoor championships. 
So, you know, as a high jumper, he's doing absolutely incredible. He's crushing records. And I think for anyone who pays attention to the U.S. track and field Twitter accounts during the seasons, it it seems like every meet they're beating new school records. They're they're tying personal best. They're you know, they're he's really getting the most out of out of his athletes there. So at the NCAA Outdoor Track and Field Championship, he finished 13th in the country. So kudos to that. It doesn't sound great on paper, but in the grand scheme of things, I think there was like 20-something athletes competing, and these were like winners of their regionals. So to be top 13 in, in Oregon, and it's a big deal. Sinique Walker, Shania Benjamin, and Chanelix Davila, they all earned honorable mention uh, in their respective events as well. So the 400-meter hurdles the 100 hurdles and the high jump yeah high jump respectively but yeah so uh track and field i know you know sometimes you know they could kind of put on the back burner but you know i always pay attention to what they do they do fantastic stuff there eric jenkins uh thank you for <laughs> for coming to tampa and leaving western kentucky because you are a lifesaver <laughs> Hundred percent. I mean, it. You know, it's the the fiftieth uh, anniversary of Title Nine, and for years, track and field and cross country were exactly just a, a Title Nine loophole for USF. In fact, they got popped for it uh, a few years ago. There's a New York Times article about it. Like it was, it was a thing USF used to do. It was a let's just stash them so we can level out the the football scholarships because we don't really care about track and field and cross country. And, uh, you know, it goes back to Michael Kelly's um, first press conference as athletic director. You know, if you're going to keep score, you might as well win. We've seen some winning here. Uh, I think this is the first season fall and spring, if I'm not mistaken, that not a single team has won a, won a conference championship. Am I correct? So, in that? so tech is been some- won the regular season conference championship, but they don't, I don't recall them getting a trophy for it. I'm sure they do. And they, I'm sure they get, do. They'll get rings as well. Right. So, and then okay. like sailing won the ISAIC regional conference. YMCA. Yep. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, so the first one, when you go to the American athletic conference website and it breaks down the titles by sport, USF has a goose egg this year, and that's the first time since they've joined the American. And I didn't care to look past 2013 because Big East website wiped it all. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Uh, and let's wrap up with softball before we hit to the football. Um, softball finished 45 and 16 uh, this season. Uh, they probably would have finished 10 in, uh, I can do that, 10 and 51 without Georgina Cork. I think that's probably fair. They went one and two in the Tallahassee Regional. They shut out Mississippi State uh, to open the regional and then uh, lost to Florida State and then lost to Mississippi State uh, to to get eliminated there. I can – there aren't enough words to describe what Georgina Cork has meant to this program, to the athletic department, to USF in general over her, what, five years at, at USF. She took full advantage of her extra year and became the best pitcher in the nation. And it was not close for a very, very long time. And we're not going to see that kind of season from a USF athlete for a while. Um, It was an honor uh, to, to watch her play and to see her just her competitiveness. It just kind of, 
Yeah, it's tough when when you are as good as you are and you know you're as good as you are. It's pretty tough to stay uh, pretty level and grounded. But she uh, would always poke fun at herself. Um, Stieg, you've roasted her a, a few times and she's always kind of taking it in stride. Um, it, she was just a different breed, man. I can't say enough good things about her and I'll go to my grave knowing that I was just so dead right about her as a freshman that I'll be happy if I get everything else wrong. I don't, I don't want to say that we called at the beginning of the year, but we started the year. I think it was just you and I talking about is, is, does she have a chance to be the best athlete ever at USF? Man. I mean, her, her numbers are ridiculous. I just want to pull them up. Just she so I have them in front. a lot more difficult this year. That's she for sure. that's for damn sure. And what what she's what she did like seriously, like this is like a 15 20 win team, maybe without Georgina Court this year. Like they couldn't hit a lick. Their pitchers, God bless them, were not they were not good outside of her. Like, and it wasn't close. Um and it was funny because they're like you say they couldn't hit, but like any time she she started in the circle, like bats were hitting ball. Like they were hitting when Georgina was pitched every single game. Georgina in, like you know, Alexis Johns was 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 you know getting on base, stealing second almost immediately. Which, by the way, full disclosure, Georgina Cork's on that team. Alexis Johns is getting all the the pride and. Uh, you know, mentioned because she's set NCAA records as well for stealing bases. But like, you know, they they were still able to. But it was it was funny how this team was just so live or die by Georgina. Like they they shut out Mississippi State and won what six nothing or four nothing. They 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 shut out Mississippi State and won that four game. Nothing. Yeah, and then didn't score another run to the rest of the 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 regional because Georgina was was injured and couldn't play. Like. They almost were like defeated and debilitated and like just downtrodden because they're, I don't want to call her the savior, but like the best pitcher in call or called collegiate softball couldn't play. It's like she had that effect on the team that went past her being in that circle, really. It, it's ridiculous. I just want to read off her stats. She had a 0.51 ERA, a 0.54 whip. She went 37 and five this season, two saves. Uh, she struck out 418 batters, only allowed 34 walks. Her batting average against was uh, 121. Like this girl threw three 274 innings, and no one topped 60. Aaron Aaron Popping was at exactly at 60 innings, and she had a 3.27 ERA. Like it's ridiculous what she did. And like Sarah Nevins, that 2012 year, she was incredible like she was the reason they got to the women's college world series but she had help like the pitchers around here were a lot better like her the number two pitcher that 2012 year had a sub two era like it wasn't just sarah like sarah was the workhorse but i mean to see what georgina cork did it's like she had a really good season last year and it's like hold my beer two perfect games like can't forget that. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It, it, I just, I can't speak enough about what, what she was able to do. And 
I'm really leaning toward her being the greatest USF athlete ever. And it, it, it just, her numbers are not going to be touched for a long time. And Ken's got to figure something out because you, you, you take Georgina Cork away on this team from this team this year. Like what, where are they? It's a literally a 15, 21 team. And you think, well, it's just, it's just one of those rebuilding years. Oh man, I'm scared for next year. I hope, can get gets it figured out and he needs to find someone ASAP or a couple of people ASAP because Aaron's gone too. So your yeah. your your top two innings eaters are gone. So good luck. It's not my problem. <laughs> but let's let's move on to football. Big, big board of trustees meeting on Wednesday uh morning. Um it ran from nine to twelve ish. Uh, they waited for basically two hours into the trustees meeting to get to the thing that literally everybody else is watching for. Uh, but they finally talked about football. Uh, Steve, what, what did we learn, if anything, from Wednesday's board of trustees meeting about football? Um, we learned basically that the time, like the mean thing that we learned was uh, never expect USF to do the thing that they should do. Uh, always expect that it's just it's like whatever your expectation of what you want to happen to happen is not going to happen basically is what we learned uh everyone kind of came in that meeting thinking renderings and financial plans and like what it's going to look like and how we're going to build it and you know all and we really we didn't really get that we got basically like hey we're we did the extra back end work that was and I'll to say it, it was very crucial to get that back end work done, not just from my professional experience, but in any kind of realm of things like Michael Kelly and the rest of his board and the rest of the people that work on this project, they did exactly what they needed to do from that last board of trustees meeting to this board of trustees meeting. All that back end work is going to be invaluable because they didn't put the cart before the horse, which is what some other schools have done when it comes to their renderings that they put out. And so they're really, you know, taking their due diligence on this. But essentially the entire thing was, hey, uh, the site that we chose is still good. Uh, we're looking at a 2026 start uh, completion date, which is just, if I could pull down a string and confetti would come down, I would, because that's a massive, massive win that the language that Michael Kelly and his staff has used has no longer been 2026 or 2027 looking at that 2027 Miami game as like the first opening thing it completely shifted to 2026 and that should be celebrated in in all accounts for being a success that they feel comfortable enough to kind of put you know a, a more verbiage behind it that that's their you know that's their leveling ground right now that's the expectation is in 4 years we will be playing in an on campus football stadium at the University of South Florida which is uh, a lot longer than we should have waited to do this, but that's all we learned really. Nothing else really mattered after that. I thought there were a couple other things that uh, were mentioned that I don't remember hearing before or seeing before. Um, one is a clip. I'll throw it up here real quick so everyone can hear it. I don't recall this. Uh, the things that will have to be uh, upgraded and, and done, but certainly nothing to prohibit the, uh, uh, the, the again, use of the site to be able to continue on. Uh, in, in this nature. And then obviously just looking at the areas around when we talk about creating a unique sense of place, unique opportunities, 
uh, to be able to uh, uh, you know grow the site as we as as we ultimately see fit as a university uh, in terms of accommodating things because we want to find ways to activate this facility well beyond the six or seven uh, football games beyond maybe the ten or fifteen lacrosse games but to be able to use it uh, on a daily basis that's great not only great for the university uh, mission but for uh, being great community partners. So the I hadn't heard any of the lacrosse thing before which is a kind of an interesting wrinkle because we'd, we'd even talked in the, in the little slack about where's lacrosse going to play. It looks like they may be playing in the new stadium as well. And just talking with Stieg off the pod, that may help in terms of fundraising, in terms of title nine and things like that, having the stadium being used by multiple sports and a woman's sport may help with the fundraising. So that's something I had not heard before. And the other thing um, that I had not seen before, I, I saw the location, but I hadn't seen this graphic in particular. Let me see if I can get it pulled up. Of kind of how they envisioned the stadium looking on the out, like the surrounding areas, which they did show. So I thought this was interesting. So this, we don't seen this before. I don't remember seeing the pictures on the side here. This is the Grove in Ole Miss. And this is, I believe, is the Walk of Champions in Ole Miss. The Grove, if you haven't seen it, is just an unbelievable tailgating. Uh, experience. I have a actually have a a time lapse video we can show of the Grove if you've never seen it, and then also some like food areas up above it. A lot of green, a lot of kind of uh, interesting greenery around the stadium as well. So it's not just going to be like a stadium's up and then you've got just parking lots all around it. There's going to be some interesting stuff. And if you've never seen the Grove, let me throw up this time lapse video real quick. Right, and it's. And I think the language that Michael Kelly and his staff has used, and they, they no longer call it like the on-campus stadium plan. It's, well, they are, but it, it's part of the athletics district. Yeah. He mentioned that multiple that times. And he mentioned how the, how kind of, it'll be one of the better situated ones because they'll kind of have a plan of, they didn't just throw up a stadium 40 years ago now to figure out how to situate everything. They have it mm-hmm. kind of, a good spot. So this is the Grove. This is where they do all the big tailgating. You see the tents go up the night before. And then as you get into the next day, that's where it gets crazy busy. It's a walk for everybody to the stadium. If you've seen a game day at the Grove or game day, don't miss They talk about the Grove or go to the Grove a ton. So to me, that's a really cool and this may be even the night, two nights before. So that's going to get really rowdy. That's the end, right? So I thought that was interesting just to have kind of be thinking about the pregame experience, not just necessarily the game day experience. So the pregame experience, to really use this kind of wooded when on non Saturdays, the Grove is just like a big nine acre park in the middle of campus, which is great. Mm-hmm. When on game days and Saturday, you, you got this great tailgating area with great surroundings. It's right next to the stadium. It creates a little bit of atmosphere and ambiance. Um, just kind of with what you have naturally on campus. So I thought that was that part to me I hadn't seen before. I thought that was really interesting because they're really thinking kind of as this project, not just the stadium, but kind of the whole area and then how that ties in like Steve mm-hmm. says, the athletic district. So I, I think it could be really, really cool the way they're kind of thinking about this. Right. Yeah. And, you know, we, we kind of joked about it at the top, but like they're expecting, you know, a 25,000 seat ish stadium. Uh, what I thought was pretty neat on, you know, the, the kind of rundown of uh, the things 
that would be in the stadium, the, the low suites, but that the field level club, I thought that was, that's a pretty interesting wrinkle. I know central Florida does that. They have like the field level club, um, on the end zones. They have the cabanas, um, on the opposite side of the, uh, press box tower, which is pretty, you know, it's a, it's a neat, you know, kind of wrinkle. Uh, I, I think you're kind of seeing that with more, like the newer stadiums, you're getting that more like field level experience. Cowboys um, stadium I, did that really big, right? The new right. Yep. Um, and then I think, I think Cleveland to the, the guardians, I think at least Jacobs field used to have it. I don't know if the new, the new park has it as well. Um, where you're basically like, instead of having just like the backstop, it's like there are seats in the backstop kind of thing. So like it, it, it's become, it, it's becoming more of a trend. I think it'll be a really cool and, and unique thing to have here. That's, you know, not really done in the area that much, you know, your, your ice level for lightning games, whatever, but you know, you're still up in the seats for, for bucks games. I think getting field level, that atmosphere is a little bit cooler. I always, you know, I'll go back to it, but like that, those field level seats, you know, when you're on the field at central Florida, it, it brings it in. It's a little bit more intimate and, and it, it's a, it's a pretty cool, um, pretty cool thing that, that they've, they've done down uh, uh, over there. And then the rust bucket I had to get that um, one in. Did they, uh, because I didn't watch the spring game because it wasn't streamed. Did they, didn't they do like field level? Not field uh, field level like viewing for the spring game. Yeah, so th- so at Ray J, you can push like the end zone seats back like into like the yeah, which know, was the shell of the city. Yeah, it, it always blows my mind. I it's, it's a little foreshadowing. So it's kind of like that. They had they had that ish kind of going on. Um, so would that be pretty cool? The one thing. So the other thing that happened this week, uh, and we'll get back to the stadium stuff, but it's kind of interconnected. Is the American Athletic Conference officially welcomed in the six new schools. They'll start playing football and all the other sports in the American in starting July 1, 2023, which means USF's home opener versus FAU is now a conference game in 2026, which means they probably have to scrap that, find a new opening opponent. The following week, they're at Alabama. So you have some leeway if you want to switch some things around the following week after Alabama is, I believe FAMU. So you are Bethune. You could switch You could switch them and then find someone for that third week. So there's going to be, there's be prepared for some scheduling shuffling over the next year, two years. Um, just trying to figure out what's going to be the best thing. Do you want to open a brand new stadium with a win or do you want the biggest do you want as big of an opponent as you can get? It's a delicate balance. I think you'll still sell the place out because it's a, the first game of a new stadium. So maybe you don't really need the marquee opponent, but you never know. I mean, you just, you never know. So that, Someone, that's, they keep on saying, call Kentucky Wesley and back up. <laughs> do they still have a football team? Oh yeah, they do. Oh, yeah. good for them. Are they FCS? Uh, NAIA. Are they NAIA? They're NAIA. I got recruited, but well, recruited by them. I don't there think. I don't. I don't think that'd be fair. I mean, we beat them eighty to three the first time. I don't think it'd be fair now. I. I mean, agent of chaos, Robert Steelife. No, don't. It. No, no, <laughs> no. 
Look Robert, at if it. you say it, I'm kicking you out. I won't say no. it, but Agent of Chaos, there's a there's a team not too far away that can really use a 2026 on conference game that's close by since their conference is uh they have to travel 897 miles to their closest conference opponent now. Is uh Ed Waters? This so Yeah, Ed Waters College, yeah. Um Roll, does Rollins have a football team or something? Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> it's yeah, it's a uh, it's it's Central College. Stetson. Yes, Stetson Hatters. God, I was mind blown when I found out that it's it like like Stetson Hatters and the fucking Stetson Hat same dudes. Like blew my mind. Like basically, I was like, oh, haha! Like maybe the school like was named after some dude named Stetson as a fun sense of humor. But I had no idea that the guy that made the Stetson hat was like involved in the university. God, I'm an idiot. Um, You said it, not us. Yeah. Uh just to reiterate this, uh on uh USF's plan this entire time was that there is always going to be plans in place when they design the stadium that it is going to be able to be expanded seating wise in the future if yeah. they so fee so see it fit. So yes. whatever number of, of seatings or capacities or whatever you want to say is essentially kind of like minimum. That's what you're gonna see. Like if they're really trying to scrape bottom dollar and, and just, you know, do it, it'll be 35. But I think it's going to be more than that. I think 35 is fine. I mean, it's, we're not getting we're not getting 20,000 people out there right now. So we'll, what I don't understand. I, Houston has I 40. It's perfectly yeah. rowdy there. Uh, Seth, was it you or maybe it was Ryan? Someone in Slack said that they kind of like the small atmosphere because you're like right on top of the action. You're not in like this. It may have been it may have been Ryan kind of saying, you know, I don't we can't fill a sixty thousand seat stadium, but you know, it's we we if we just close it in and it's very like tight and like up and it makes it a little bit more intimate and raucous when things are popping off. They're a little vertical. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think 35 is a good number, especially as a starting point. You start to fill the 35, then you think about expansion. This will be really interesting when, in like 10 years, the Rays are, are playing in the stadium and, and renting from USF. And so it'll be a flip. Yeah, that'll be nice. You know, it'd be re- really funny, though, if they just made a carbon copy of Ray J and just put it at the stadium. <laughs> Like, mini, all right, mini, mini yeah, we caught no, no, it's carbon cut no, like no. the entire thing pirate ship, red seats, everything. Let's see if let's see if it was just location. I know Pickle was talking about to do like a, a, a red, like how um, I think it's like the Red Sox have like a row of or no, then uh, the uh, the Rockies, Rockies have like a row of seats that are like purple for like no reason. No, uh, well, there's a reason behind speak, it, but there, do you know what the reason is? Yeah, it's because that that's fifty two thousand whatever feet or fifty two hundred feet for like a mile, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. It's, that, I know it's why. The mile. Okay. Yeah. So it's the mile the high marker. Yes, but like when you look at the stadium, it's like a like it looks like it's there for no reason. But to have like a, a row of red seats in the stadium would be oddly funny to me. Like just like maybe like fifteen seats. Just how, how do they not have like club seats that are a mile high? That'd be like the easiest sell ever. Mile high club. So oh, if that, you should get a, that you should get a PR. <laughs> Everybody wants to be in it. I, I think that's probably 
probably the like, reason why. Who was it? Was it uh, was it Boozy at the uh, Florida Panthers game? That was a uh, no. It was um. Oh my god, who was it? Oh, someone in someone in our chat has to know who this is. Oh my gosh, who who was it at the Florida Panthers game? Getting getting wet. No, they, they, there's an alternate angle. They were just dancing. Yeah, they're just That's young Kodak Black. Black. Kodak Black. Oh my gosh, my there's brain. An there's an alternate angle. They're just yeah, dancing. yeah, yep, yep, yep. Well, there's there's a second shooter too. I don't want any slander on the pod. No. <laughs> uh, uh, it looks like we got yeah we got some questions for. I like having questions. Makes me feel like so we're. Is that Ash? Yeah. Let's see. Um, he's not. He didn't make it in, right? It was. It was yeah, he in. is at Florida A and M now. I think. Yeah. yeah. James, where'd he go? Where'd he end up? Florida A and M. Am I stupid? Could have sworn. Hold on. I'll look it up. And Pen- <laughs> James Pender, Ash is a real. Pinder was in spring, wasn't he? Pinder was. I think so. Summer. Yes. Uh, James Ash went to Florida and, A&M. Harvard, and, uh, Harvard on the Hillsborough struck again. Uh, Steve, what do we got on the recruiting front? Yeah. Um, so uh, live pod. I saw a tweet. Yeah, live pod. It's a tweet. Yes. A uh, little, little recruiting news. Um, well, there's two recruiting news, I should say. But one uh, coming imminent tomorrow. Trickett dropped a little uh, something's going to be happening tomorrow. Um, so that's exciting. Uh, I love having a coach that's viable and, and ready to drop some news on, uh, on the, on the Twitter.com bird app. So I, I don't know who it is. Um, I have an inkling of who I think it might be, but it's judging by what I'm kind of guesstimating on this. I think it is Clinton Jackson. He is a wide receiver from somewhere up in Georgia. He had a phenomenal camp last week with USF. Basically, uh, right? Yeah, Schley count. Uh, yeah. Um, so he's a quarterback and a receiver. Made fucking plays all day during a seven on seven camp. And Bobby Bentley like was like all over it. And I'm, I, I think it might be him. I think it's a wide receiver that we're getting tomorrow, just based off of Bobby Bentley's you know, interaction as well. So that's just my guess. I, I was assuming that he's probably like wide receiver one or two on their board right now based off of, you know, some of the Miami guys kind of faltering off and not wanting, you know, Miami starting to go back into their Miami pot. So I, I think a few of those Miami guys that they were recruiting from Travis Trickett are coming into fruition. So, you know, they're, they're going for um, some different fish here. And then Sunday, Tafik Bayard, is a corner from DeMatha, Maryland, like powerhouse football program, DeMatha. It seems like he's coming here. He took an official visit to USF last weekend, was there all weekend and, you know, said nothing but good things about Shoop and Coach Barlow and then canceled his UConn visit that he had for this weekend, which his three big suitors were West Virginia, UConn and USF. So if the rules of you get the last visit, you get the guy come true, then USF got a last visit, so they'll get the guy there. How many times has he visited in total? Tafik, uh, just once. Yeah, they, they got him down on a... Actually, twice. Official, he went on an right? unofficial, yeah. And then 
because he was also visiting with a few other Dematha guys. And before, you know, we we get too you know far fetched on things, there is a slight connection between the USF staff and that Dematha area of DC. You know, they're not abandoning the pond of of Florida recruiting and not dipping their toes out of Tampa region or anything like that, but with a school like DeMatha, you know, they don't, they don't produce duds. Like the yeah, big time, big time program. Isn't it yeah, kind of I, you have to qualify it. Like I promise I still care about Tampa. Who yeah. Cares? Just win. Yeah. Basically. I mean, if, if they'll, they'll be fine. They'll don't worry about the Tampa area recruiting. They'll get their guys here one way or another, whether it's through the portal and getting guys back to Tampa, which is also very viable or, you know, getting the guys from plant or, Berkeley or whatever it is, or whatever Pius says that is the right. And there's a connection with Tafik and and uh, a former USF coach, Steve Ellis. He uh, Steve Ellis, who is now the DB coach at ECU, coached Tafik's brother Kevin, who is now a two-time first-team All-Pro safety corner for the Tennessee Titans. Kevin Bayard, back. Yeah, so. He comes from a good, good uh, family tree, so I think it'd be a pretty, pretty solid get uh, for the Bulls. Um, the question I do have for you, Steve and Seth, because you know Seth, you're, you're you cover Florida as well. I think USF has what one 2023 commit, and like I was looking, I think it was Matt Brown uh, from Extra Points posted like the. Two four seven composite team rankings, and like I think Northwestern was like sixth or something like that. But a lot of these teams have 15, 16, 17 commits. I know I think Central Florida has like seventeen commits. A lot of these schools have a, a lot of commits. What's been kind of going on with football and waiting so long to get guys to commit when you know a lot of other teams have started to fill out that twenty twenty three class. I think, and I, I talked to Steve about this previously. I think US on USF side, I think they were they wanted to see a lot of guys in person, and we're kind of we're kind of slow playing this year a little bit, not kind of throwing offers out because they finally got a chance to get out on campuses again, and they wanted guys to get on their campus and see them, see how they perform. So I know they were a little bit slower to just toss offers out. I think isn't that something, uh, Steve, that we that you kind of mentioned to me previously. Yeah. So, and and when we say toss offers out, um, I my uh, a, a good friend, uh, the USF alumni uh, Twitter account posted that I think USF has two hundred and forty three plus offers out to the class of twenty twenty three, which is a lot. Um, but when we say offers, we mean committable offers, and those are a little bit more different than your traditional like kid posts it on on Twitter, gets the clout, you know, Santee retweets them and. And does that like they 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 tend to slow roll these committable offers because uh, for a few reasons you know recruiting isn't isn't the game of filling up quick um it, it's quite dangerous to go ahead and and you know fill up your entire class before the fall even begins because these guys still have one more year of football and you know you really only kind of catch them in in this weird junior year bubble maybe you get a little bit of like a a sophomore or freshman year guy who you've been recruiting for a little bit but when you catch them in that junior year bubble you're they're still developing they're still honing their skills and and you know you may recruit a guy who yeah high three star 
was a stud on his team and was a senior heavy team, but he had like 18 interceptions or whatever it is. And then he comes back the next year and, you know, those seniors left and he ends up not playing as well and everything like that. But now that you got him committed, you know, what do you do? Cause now he might not be playing as well. He might've lost a few pounds. He might've just kind of given up on, you know, whatever's going on, but you kind of want to slow roll. You don't want to fill up, you know, by, by Ju- July 1st or anything like that, but you also want to get some guys in, in the building, you know, and, and committed and they're perfectly fine with slow rolling this and, and taking one, two, three commits over the summer waiting and for I, transfers, maybe. And I think you're also seeing, you might possibly be seeing um, some NIL trickle down, because I, it seems like a lot of the big guys, there's a few that are committed already, but a lot of the big guys are kind of waiting and really taking their time with these decisions. It seems like more and more are going to be coming out the next few weeks, but guys have been waiting. A lot more guys are taking officials. Um, so I think you have some of the bigger schools that maybe you might have a guy that is Florida's, like for instance, Florida's second option. Well, maybe he's waiting to see if he becomes an option before he looks at, other schools in the state, or it could be kind of that kind of thing. Cause Florida is, I know just kind of following them as well. They're recruiting a ton of like high caliber, five star, four star guys. And they're kind of playing the NIL game with them kind of seeing and having to wait until they make their decisions, which guys are waiting longer and longer. You're not seeing a ton of guys. You're seeing some, but you're not seeing a ton of guys like visit and then commit on the visit. Like you used to see, seems like a visit guys are gathering a lot more information especially in regards to NIL and then they go to make sure they go to other schools and kind of see what they're offering as well. So I think that's part of it at the top. And then you mentioned a school like Northwestern. I think I heard somebody say they're, they're top five or top 10 right now, but they don't have a single player that's in the top 300. It's just kind of, they're just amassing bodies. And since they have so many guys committed, that's why they're so high but it's not really a quality metric. So yeah, no, absolutely. It was more like piqued my interest. Like, okay, they have like 17 and USF has one. What's kind of the the disconnect between some of these schools. And it it makes a lot of sense. I know, you know, USF had a a really strong push late last year as well. I know there was, you know, the coaching changes with the coordinators uh, that had to do with that, but they, they've, they closed really, really strong in that last, what, six weeks before the early signing period. So it makes a lot of sense, um, especially now as you're as we kind of get back into the normalcy of, you know, being able to have the seven on sevens, being able to have the yeah. camps, getting them on campus, actually seeing them in person, as as you mentioned, Seth, and it's. You know, the, the attrition of, of, you know, the 2020 and some of the 2021 classes across the country, you're seeing that like, OK, maybe we we missed on this guy because we weren't actually able to see him in person. So I, I think that the now I believe this buyer, was he the first official visitor of kind of this kind of cycle? Or one, I know he was one of them. I know he was kind of the only one they've had recently, right? Yeah, um, yeah. They their their official visit. I I didn't. I think they wanted to get more official visits once the indoor practice facility is actually complete. Yeah, and that could I, be part I, of it too. That was what I was inferring um, as far as this recruitment class. But at the end of the day, um, and I said it last year, and I'll say it again this year, and it's you know the eventual cycle of this all is going to catch up, but like recruiting is is like like doing a puzzle like 
you know, on uh, February 17th or whatever the day is, um, you know, your puzzle is complete and everyone is going to be complete on that day. And on June 1st versus August 17th versus December 1st, it doesn't matter because none of this is, none of this is just set in stone. So, you know, like UCF has 17 guys committed or whatever it is half of them can decommit and there's no binding things or anything going on there. So it's, you know, there, there's really no harm in slow rolling. Like, yeah, you might miss out on a guy at, at this rate, but like, you know, it, I, I, I trust this coaching staff because then they pull, you know, guys out of their ass, like Michael Williams last year, who ended up being our top rated recruit on like the day before the class closed or, or get a guy like Jackson long, who is one of the best tight ends in the Southeast. Like, it is entirely possible to not to to not have to fill up your class all the way and get these you know the summer momentum going and all that stuff like that's it's it's a myth that you need to get these like x amount of commits before august 1st or the football season or anything like that because there's slots you have 25 scholarships so does everyone else and the guys are gonna get burned by it what is their scholarship count right now where are they at (laughs) fuck I don't know. Do you have any idea? Is that, I mean, <laughs> so, that could be a part of it. If they're not losing a ton in terms of scholarships, that could be a part too, where they're they have to be a little bit more selective. Now I know the so, cap is taken off the twenty five guys a year, right? So they basically said, "Hey, you just have to get to eighty five. Yeah, is 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 what the NCAA said for like the next two years because of the COVID stuff and everything. Yeah. So like a, a a team like Alabama, if they have a lot of guys go to the draft, they could have a forty person. Um, you know, like class of 2024, yeah. as long as they get to that 85 scholarship count. I thought we were at 85 for a good bit, and then Gary committed, and now I have no clue how many scholarships we have because you have a guy like uh, Cade Roberts and a guy like Jason Albritton who we thought were on scholarship because we have certain rules that we follow with counting guys on scholarship, and they are apparently aren't on scholarship, but then, you know, they, now, there's also though, there is the possibility that sometimes guys will come on as walk-ons. If mm-hmm. they have open scholarships, they'll give them for the spring semester as kind of a reward. And then you, it's a yearly kind of thing. So they may take you back off scholarship. So right. they could have been awarded. Those aren't, you know, four year awards though. So they, could that's why I gone away. Uh, who, who was that old miss receiver that transferred here? Um, God, I'm forgetting these names. Whoever that receiver was. I can't remember anymore. Yeah. One of the receivers that came here for a year and then left, he was, uh, there's a term in recruiting called blue shirt, which is basically you don't have a scholarship, but you will be given a scholarship. Um, but he, yeah. Th- so there, and then there's a guy like Tamarcus Simpson, who is technically not on scholarship. But yes. Uh, Gregory, uh, Tamarcus Simpson, who's technically still not on scholarship. He was a transfer from Eastern Michigan. Um, he's technically not on scholarship, but he might be on like a spring scholarship and then like yeah. a certain day passes and then they can, I don't know. We're at some number between 83 and 86. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I know. Cause so they're still it, it, offering guys. And with the team being pretty young, I wonder how many guys they're expecting to lose. So they may be, maybe they're anticipating a smaller class. Also, I think the other part of it is, you know, like like guys asking, I don't think they've had a ton of they haven't had a ton of mm-hmm. guys uh 
visit officially. Like a lot of the bigger, like um, you've seen a lot of, like I know Florida, I've seen UCF do it as well. Miami, they're having a ton of guys visit this summer. So I yeah. think, I think that kind of, like you said, the USF wants to wait until um, the indoor is done. So that might be part of it as well, where they're kind of biding their time. A lot of people are getting these visits in now. They may have visits lined up for them in the future once the IPF is done. They can get them on campus, get them on campus for a game. So it, I wouldn't worry too much yet, especially if it's kind of more of a strategic thing of holding visits and things like never, that. Never sweat recruitment before the class is finalized. But yeah, until the early signing day, a long day, way to go. A lot of people, a lot of, lot of people that think a lot of, a lot of, and this is the unfortunate part of recruiting is there's a lot of kids that commit to like LSU and Ole Miss and Florida that are like the fringe three-star guys that are between like, you know, UF, USF and you know, whomever it is. And then all of a sudden, you know, four-star guy up the road decides that he wants to come to Florida and someone well, the train, gets, yeah, uh, transfer hits the pool yeah. they weren't expecting and now and, and we call people get processed out and yeah that's that's the word is processed and, and it happens a lot and it's very unfortunate um because it's it, it's something that I, I think is a very slimy part about college football right now is the amount of processing that happens between uh june 1st and uh february 1st uh it's it looks really bad and, and you can burn a lot of bridges by doing that. And I, I don't think Jeff Scott and his, and his staff are ones to do that. I think, no. you know, not to, not to put the Clemson light, you know, thing on there or anything like that, but once they want you to commit, like, Hey, like you have the commitment. That's why 257 offers or whatever they have out there, maybe six of them are committable right now. <laughs> or maybe more are, but they will like they're, they're offering some big time guys. So right, like yeah, that's committable, but we're not. They're probably not counting in their head as a committable offer because it's probably like William Fowles, the kid from Dade Christian, that high four star receiver that had USF and it's like top eight. Like yeah, he has a committable offer, but um, I don't think you know, it's the, been used. Right? The, the two star plant receiver up the road that we offered at the sling and shoot camp like six weeks ago or whatever it was like. His offer might not be as committable. That's uh, that's actually what happened with uh, the Zechariah Poisoner kid. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> All right, well, we lost Nate, but we may have upgraded here. Oh, oh shit! Is that fucking ET? Hello, children. The extra, <laughs> the extra Oh god. Um, yeah. Lauren, yeah. tell us the good news. What's 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 the good news here? Well, I hear we have this uh, this new stadium that's going to be built on campus. I hear that's a thing. What are your thoughts on the What are your thoughts on the new stadium on the proposed thirty five thousand seat capacity, which is a hot topic? I think uh, if uh, if they don't sell liquor in the skyboxes, they're not going to sell any fucking skyboxes. They'll sell liquor. <laughs> no, it's uh, it'll be it'll be no. flowing like the stamina <laughs> capistrano. Yeah, no, you're not going to get those old bastard alumni up there in the skyboxes without a, you know, what is it, a bunch of old crow flowing through their veins. I was about to say Crown Royal and uh, Beef Eaters. Yeah. (laughs) USF alumni are all makers, Mark, people, you know that. How could I, how could I forget? My bad. I'm so sorry. I like the fact that we're, I'm not going to turn my camera on because I say terrible shit and don't want my face associated with it. Um, that we're all wearing the same uniform, by the way. 
That's why I say turn the camera on, but just just do one of these. Just, just no, the, the the camera is on actually. <laughs> That's the sad part. Oh Jesus! <laughs> he cut, cut his sleeves off. I'm a, I'm I'm not a well man. <laughs> anyway, I do have to com- uh, commend you on the the Charlie Pell sticker on that. Uh, Oh, the walker. that's that's fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, I got like a bunch of old bumper stickers. I was going through old stuff and found these old a bunch of old things. I need some vintage USF stuff, but there's not a ton of it out there. I've been looking. There's not much. Seth, I made this joke last time, but vintage USF is like. I was born. <laughs> Like yeah, that's like, vintage. Like 92, 93. Give me yeah. I need something. I've been looking. I can't find any. I, I found some game used like baseball jerseys, but I, it's not. I want, I want that weird uh, semi-Japanese USF baseball jersey. Oh, is it like the tertiary one with the? Uh... Yeah, it's like a, it's 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 just very. I, 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 I don't know the correct way to or put it but yeah you know what i'm talking about it looks very uh very very asian font asian script i should say but it, it looks awesome and i want it i've only yes. seen it in pictures uh real quick scott uh spencer schrader is going to be our kicker this year i don't foresee either john cannon or william fowl fowler uh overtaking him just yet um but yeah i i would love nothing more and i've ta- i i've i've hinted it to mole and i've hinted it to Brian Gregory, but this year I'm going to be more straightforward with it. Um, boy, are there some absolute gems in the USF vault as far as logos and and old jerseys and shit. Oh yeah, and uh, they they need to just crack that bitch open. I, like I think they they sold enough home field, especially sold enough uh, where they're going to really start getting into the nitty gritty, the good stuff. I think home field's starting to get into the, 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 the gyms for a lot of schools. We're obviously not high in that list, but I think they're going to get to us eventually. I've, I've talked to Connor a couple of times and he's like, Oh, we got some good stuff lined up. So I hear. And then, yeah. then the, the basketball teams, did both of them, I know the women's team did the throwback that was really well received. The men's oh, team as well. Yeah. Yeah. They were that those need to be like in the rotation. They all the uh, a lot of the social media they posted with new players and the commit uh, like uh, graphics were in those uniforms. So I wonder if they're going to wear them more often. Yeah, I speak, think so. Speaking of commits, uh, if you're a football commit, and we've discussed this uh, privately, can you just for the love of Christ stop using that terrible fucking uh, practice Oops. jersey helmet? Good lord, there are so many good things to choose from, and you just pick the fucking worst one every time. They gotta, they gotta go ahead and just make the graphics for them and like pre-approve. All right, if yeah. you're gonna commit, this is the graphic you can put out. It's not even like the recognizable USF logo. Like, I don't think they've ever used like they haven't used the U with like the SF in a long time. It's no. just been the iconic U. I mean, ever since that UConn game. They haven't used that for anything. That's got to like, be like, not even basketball jerseys. Yeah, that's got to be the first high res image that pops up when you Google USF helmet. It has to be. Uh, it's, I don't know. It had like it's 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 concerning. These first these off, damn kids be- today and their TikToks. Yeah, right. It's just it's Scott. Don't remind me. I hate that fucking helmet so much. I just <laughs> I just I, I want to know the story behind that helmet because there has to be. Because there's no way that was purposeful, there, like because yeah. the the players and the coaches and the equipment staff have to go through one two three four to approve that. Uh, and and there, there there's some equipment manager that's like hanging his head in shame because this that's his fucking legacy or their legacy. I mean, it, it legitimately looks 
and I, I know I've said it, but I actually confirmed it. It is a decal that you can get from the USF bookstore. Oh yeah, I've seen it. You still can buy that damn helmet in the bookstore at one point. I was amazed and then very pissed off. And and there was nothing like if they were going for like a minimalist minimalist look or something like that. Like they had the U with the minimalist outline already in rotation that year. Yeah. God, there. The thing, like objectively, it's not terrible, but we are picky. Just. Well, like especially the 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 helmet, the second helmet, the placement is so bizarre. It's wrong. I have some. Oh, of the old, the, I have some of those old school. I have the mustards. I have a couple of the mustards in my house, and they actually you can see where they had to place the U like a little cockeyed because of where the snaps are for the the face mask and the uh, the the chin guards, and mm-hmm. it's really fucking annoying. So I know, and that thing I know for a fact I've had to do it myself. That U. To center it is a goddamn nightmare. So I do it not is. envy them. <laughs> and it and it never and it is your fun fact of uh, of of the day is that if you ever look at two players like obviously their decals, their stickers, they will never ever 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 be matched up. You, like they're like zebra stripes. Every single one of them is going to look different, and it yeah. is they're really the, funny to look at them. Like the, the Faberge eggs of college football helmets. They are and. and you know, that'll be our claim to fame is mismatched uh, helmets like that. But yeah, it is a uh, God. That is that is a, a shit stain on the fucking pooped pants of the Charlie Strong era. Like when people that was, ask, that's, and that's that, saying something. That was a last gasp effort to try to do something to get people like, fired up. That was before COVID, wasn't it? So there's no like real good excuse for that bastard. No, they just rolled out the white helmets when they yeah, 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 fuck it, throw them on there. <laughs> we, were, we were begging, we were like, please be, bring back God's helmet, bring back the white helmet with the gold decal. So good. <laughs> and they it were was, like, they leaned into it. It was purposefully <laughs> off center. It was glorious. It was great. It was fucking fantastic. And they just couldn't do it because this is USF and we don't do good stuff on purpose. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's. <laughs> That's right, so I, I was uh, so this last week I I spoke with a, a Notre Dame fan whose favorite game of all time was 2011 USF Notre Dame. Ew. What are our thoughts on that? What are your thoughts on this helmet from this game? I actually, I had a, yeah, I, I had a mini helmet of that on. It's it's now sitting under my TV, but it was on my desk for years, and I don't mind it. It's not my favorite, but I like it because it was like a little. The first off, the gold is actually correct for once. Um, the green's not bad. I wish they would have done a little more with the face mask. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was just kind of go back and watching it. I thought it was really nice looking, really stuck it's, out. It's, wow. it's, yeah, yeah, 2011 was snazzy. Yeah, they're fine yeah. helmets, huh? They're fine helmets. They're fine. I, I always like. So I'm. I have like weird opinions on on football helmets just because of the the background that I have, working equipment and everything like that. But it's like. Because you're a white male football fan, you just have to have an opinion on fucking football helmets. Yeah, I have to have an opinion on everything, and I have to voice my opinion and make sure that I'm correct about it. But like, it it feels like those solid colored, not white or black or gray kind of helmets were like really kind of fatty in like the early 2010s. Like every school had like yeah a a I don't want to call it like a bold color, but like. One of their primary colors 
as like the helmet color. I, I feel like that rather was rather like than the, the white or black. Yeah, I feel like that was like the Boise State effect where they were yeah. kind of doing their thing and everybody's like, oh, that's cool. And Oregon a little bit too. Oregon, mostly yeah. Oregon. Yeah. Like Utah, like USC. Yeah. Like I if if you have like a solid color helmet with just like the basic logo and everything like that, like my immediate reaction was like, oh, am I watching a game from 2012? Like oh, yeah, you're you're well aware. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like that's I, I think they're I think they're perfectly fine. It's gonna be hilarious in like thirty years when people are like, Oh, we need to do a throwback uniform and then it's gonna be that. <laughs> like that's gonna be what they're gonna they're gonna be like this the fortieth or the fiftieth anniversary of the USF update upset at Notre Dame and they roll out with those and me, you and and, and Seth and Nate are gonna sit here and be like, What the fuck? <laughs> that's a throwback. Actually, I, I um ended up hanging out with a guy who played uh, a Notre Dame guy who played in that game and I was wearing a, a USF um uh, fleece and like I knew he played and like he obviously knew I was a USF fan and like we didn't mention it for the first like uh, uh, no shit four hours and eventually I just kind of looked at him he kind of looked at me and I go how pissed off were you and he's like I was so fucking pissed off when you won that game <laughs> so the guy I spoke with is uh Douglas Farmer he was there he was a student at Notre Dame now he writes about Notre Dame for NBC Sports and he was like he said he it's his favorite game because it was like the first time he could leave he let me say I left for two hours, went to my dorm, went to my friend's <laughs> dorm. We drank beer, ate pizza. I came back to the stadium. Then he said he heard the um, on the second delay. He heard the sophomores sing the entire ninety nine bottles of beer on the wall. They sang the entire song. I like that Beautiful. Notre Dame Notre Dame players went and got fucked up and ate pizza, and then they came back and managed to barely lose to us. Still, that's 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 good to hear. No, that's he was a, just he was just a normal student. <laughs> Well, oh, I'm a player. I was like, Damn, that's oh, that's even better. <laughs> that's, that's Shout out, Dr. Matt, by the way. <laughs> Dr. Matt. Um, oh, by the way, someone had a question about the indoor performance or practice facility. And I, Eric, I'm going to answer your question from almost uh, 25 minutes ago. Um, does anyone have a room available for the full only complex? Yes. Um, oh, yeah. It, it is built in consideration of that graphic that I think Seth pulled up where it's going to be uh, stadium stadium the bottom of the stadium and then there's going to be like a, a a kind of a building here that's going to be kind of like a football complex building slash athletics uh facility yeah so that athletics operations facility i'm just gonna boldly assume that is going to be the kind of new equipment room new uh storage facility for like you know the the lacrosse nets versus the football goal post versus whatever it is it's lacrosse. kind of, yeah uh, shout out to Mindy, by the way. Mindy, fantastic follow on Twitter. Um, but like, that's going to be where like the, the the equipment and stuff is going to be stored, and maybe some stored stuff for like the for like practices and stuff too. Um, and then it's all going to connect into that indoor practice facility, which I got confirmation on this. Um, it is it, I don't know what to call this, but it's going to have windows right below where the roof is, so it's going to have natural uh, light coming in as well as uh, LED certified. Um, green light electricity. So, um, USF. Is it a transit window? Yeah, I've never heard natural light being on USF's campus. By the way, right? Yeah. So they're they're going like a like this. You this thing's gonna look nice as fuck. I mean, I'm push comes to shove. We can always they can always just expand north and you know plow over fucking Greek village. That'd be a shame. Damn. <laughs> um. But yeah. So that's that's 
that'll be what that that athletics operations facility is what it's going to say it's it not going to be like for like a general right it's all it's going to be all kind of connected so you can kind of get from one to the other right right yeah and and it's that's not like a general public operations facility like that's going to be like a you know behind lock and key yeah. stuff like that in there or um maybe i mean it, it'd be nice to it's play big enough it'd be nice the players didn't get struck by lightning walking from the fucking weight room to the plastic, uh, the, the, you know, field of the yeah. practice facility. That'd be super. Right. I know that's what a lot of teams that are doing the indoor kind of attaching it or attaching some kind of weight room to it. And I have like almost like a garage door. You can just kind of go out in between because then they yeah. can use it for conditioning, that kind of stuff as well. So. Right. Well, I think, and then like, go ahead. So you stick, sorry. Oh no, I was going to say like the, the, there, and I know Michael Kelly said it, like the overall goal is that this thing's not going to be, used for six to seven football games, 10 to 15 lacrosse games. Like this thing's going to be open daily for like students to use for like, yeah. you know, what, what you have students do with like Ben O'Griffin. Yeah. Um, right? It's going to be open for like, you know, intramurals or, you know, concerts or whatever they kind of need to do. Like, Having I'm going to just assume that Bulls Fest is going to be uh, in the stadium now, instead of in the parking lot at the fucking Yingling Center. I really hope that the spring game still is still at Raymond James, but we just play all the games on campus. Oh, that'd be such a nice homage. <laughs> Why not? Like, get the fucking. I mean, unless you really gotta like show off like boxes or something like that in in the uh, on campus stadium. Yeah, do it at the uh, do it at Ray J. Yeah, fuck it. Why not? No, I just I I'm excited about it. I mean, honestly, I. I lived in South Tampa for forever, so it was easier to get to Ray J. Um, but I like an OCS. It's it's nice to go back. Every time I go back in campus, there's a new fucking building, and it's like, oh my god. <laughs> have you yeah. ever been? To, have you ever been to the Grove? At Ole Miss? Uh, Ole Miss. Yeah, that's one of the few SEC schools I have not been to. Um, no. I, I I will get there eventually, but no, I have not. Yeah, because we were talking earlier. One of the pictures on the graph it looks like they're kind of going to set an area aside to, to build like a grove type area. Oh, that'd be super. Right. I think that'd be really, really interesting and really help kind of the game day experience. Dude, that on-campus Publix is going to be a fucking nightmare. <laughs> There's some knife fights in there. Oh, no. oh, oh God, just, I didn't even think about that. Just pre-gaming, just public, that public subline is going to be a 20 miles Holy long. Holy shit. Oh, my God. Sierra Nevada. <laughs> Could you imagine if they do like a like a special that it's like, oh yeah, like USF scores like thirty five points, get like, you know, get like a half a pub sub for like three fifty or something like that. No, box that. No, thank you. That would be cool to have like public stadium at, you know, or actually uh, Leroy Selman Field at public stadium. Some crazy. Right. That'd be great. Except for you know, will, the the public's errors have turned out not to be the best people. Yeah, I was about to say. I, I love I love the idea of it and I love it's a it's a good joke and everything like that, but whew, we're already in, in enough hot water as it is with uh yeah. some of the other things going on. But Jeff um, Vinick Stadium. I'll go with Jeff Vinick Stadium. There we go. Let's let's problematic. Yeah. Um I I think we'll probably need to wrap this up, but I will say, um strangely enough, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, I, I don't think that they've seemed very worried about the financials of this and been though we're about to be entering into a recession and yeah, they they haven't talked about that that much. They're like, yeah, we're fine. Like, there's like, we're moving ahead. Hell, maybe ahead of schedule. I was like, that's yeah, that that kind of okay. All right, a optimism. Me. I like it. Uh, it scares like, the shit out of me, but I'm I'm, I'm you know I'm, I'm here. <laughs> like, I, I know they have back end ways that they're going to be making this happen. You know, it's it's not just going to be donor funded, and it's not going to be you know fundraised or anything like that. Like, I know they, 
I know the tips and tricks to build a football stadium. Um, well, it but, certainly seems like they're they are really pushing this as more than a football stadium, which I think yeah. will help in kind of raising funds, uh, maybe some public funds and things like that. Because it seems like they may put try to put classrooms or something close by or in the stadium at a certain level, or well, I mean, yeah, other cool. other things to kind of make it more than just a stadium. Maybe help uh, increase like public funding or, or you know like government. I mean, they used yeah. to have classrooms in uh, an old Dope Campbell Stadium. I remember that. That was yeah. a long time ago, but, but they it's still have, They still have them, actually. Yeah. Oh, okay. Michael Kelly stressed being able to use it every day and talked about teachers being able to use it every day or, or professors being able to use it. So I wonder if they're going to kind of have some of that in there as well and really make it super multi-purpose um, in theory and kind of help raise funds that way. <laughs> USF football stadium, the multi-purpose church room of North Tampa. Right. Uh, what is the capacity of, uh, of uh, Yingling Center? Uh, God, uh, it can't be, it can't it be never more gets than, there, but I say, it can't be more than 15, right? I don't, I think it's 15. I was going to say, oh. I mean, it's, it's, it's good, but it's not, you know, amazing. So what I'm saying is like, if you can't quite actually, you know, and this is something uh, I was talking about with somebody else. Uh, what's you know between that and then like what's the capacity for for the the one eight hundred ask car insurance amphitheater like what is you know if that could be the 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 midpoint for you know like maybe somebody that's that's good and coming up or maybe somebody that's on the way down you, you know musical events or maybe the world's smallest monster jam shit like that like I feel right. like this stadium would be a revenue generator it's going to be a place where you can hold things. Uh, of a certain size that, you know, you're not going to fill up Raymond James, but you need something bigger than Yingling. You need something bigger than like the Orpheum. That kind right. of, like, this is so, going to be, I, I really do feel like Vinny's got his hand in it. And he's just not talking about it yet. That's what I think too. Cause Yingling is Yingling is 1041. One. So 10,411. Amley's 21. Okay. Yeah. So you need that. And, yeah. And I, I don't mid Florida's capacity is weird, but yeah, well, we, we're not going to have, Dude, if this stadium has lawn seats, I'm fucking quitting. Yeah, no, they, no, they, they're not going to pull a uh, SMU. Um, <laughs> so, to, just for just so, for comparison's sake, everyone that went to uh, the Navy game, Navy's got a thirty-four thousand seat stadium, and they also have the berm, I think, as well. Yeah. So that might be uh, something to look at in terms of capacity, but they'll also have the ability to grow. So I, I think. There was much hubbub about the capacity number, but I think it'll be fine. Yeah, it's going to meet the middle because mid Florida is, is 20,000. So really there, unless you go to like the fairgrounds or something like that, like there's not really like a, a mid tier arena to play for like someone that's not like a Kenny Chesney, but not a, was it? Yeah. (laughs) I I still can't believe Lizzo played at fucking Yingling center, by the way, just full disclosure. Yeah, that was well. I mean, that's when she was coming, and, that, and that's kind of what I was thinking when you know she's coming up. Like they actually had to move it because she had too many. She sold too many tickets, so right. I feel like this is going to be a nice mid ground area. Like they're going to be able to do stuff that's you know it's not going to sell out, uh, Amelie, but it's maybe a little too big or won't work at the one eight hundred. I drug a shark behind my boat amphitheater. Um, so yeah, no, oh, like it's- if you don't know the. Uh, Ask Gary, uh, son was on one of those dumbass reality shows and drug a fucking shark behind his boat to death. So fuck that kid and fuck Ask Gary. 
Uh, that does not surprise me at all. No. Not even a little bit. Um, we probably need to wrap up because we're at a... We're, yeah. <laughs> good God. This happens every time. We're not like, oh, yeah, we'll make it nice and quick. 45 minutes. We've hit <laughs> shark uh, hate crime time. So, yeah. In, 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 in on the shark hate crime. <laughs> yeah, that's how we, we end it. go out on that. Fuck you, um, San Jose hockey. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> we, should just, we should just end on that. Fuck San Jose hockey. That's going to be our new rival. Yeah, right. <laughs> sharks. I don't know if we got anything to plug, Steve. Uh, um, I don't think uh, home field released a mug. That's cool. I was gonna say um, home field apparel for all your Hawaiian mug needs, and also t-shirts. All right, let uh, tell go get in Steve's mention and tell him who wore it best, but only if you're gonna say I wore it best. Yeah, everyone Otherwise, fucking need, DM the shit that. out of me. That's what I want. Um, I mean, I think yeah. Seth wins just because of the Charlie Pell sticker. I got a little. Thank you. Yeah. That's that's and, fucking. It, of all the college football coaches that killed themselves, Charlie Pell is my favorite. <laughs> He's up there. Oh my god! So far, actually, uh, is, is, Joe, is, is Joe Pa in there as well? Okay, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's why I think um, it's more of a figurative. No, it, uh, Joe Pa's shame killed him. The <laughs> that's a round. Fuck you, Penn State fans, come at me. It's a round. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. This All went right. off the rails. All right. So we've got, we got the state. You let me in. This is your fault. Yeah. We've got uh, a couple guys on commit watch this next week or so, Steve. Yep. Is that what we're looking for? Yeah, two two commits within the next uh, four days probably. Um and uh, that's about it. That's gonna not much new not much summer news uh that's gonna happen. Uh look forward to the indoor performance facility being created or being uh completed uh i would imagine that they're going to do like a, a media tour so i'll probably end up doing that i'll live stream it and show my feet the entire time um bulls block party that's oh, what it is that's it the is. plug you that's the plug your own plug jesus christ this, good god all right yeah, yeah bulls yeah, block party yeah let me I'll, I'll shoot you over the link real quick uh seth here um yeah bulls block party is august 20th um it is i I can't even fucking lie about this. I've never been because I always have a wedding around that time. And for the first time ever, I do not have a wedding going on around stop that time. Getting so married then. Right. Yeah. Everyone stop getting married in fucking August. No, you, but, I'm you, you're in your like fifth marriage. It's fucking ridiculous. This is a terrible player. Y'all are two peas in a pod, but yes. Uh, so tickets are on sale for both clock party. Uh, if you use the promo code Stieg five, that is all capital letters, Stieg five, you will get $5 off. Uh, and I will, uh, I'll get some points into this competition that's going on. Um, I don't know what I'm going to win, but you're going to win uh, tickets to the Bulls block party. Yeah, that's that's my prize for uh, winning it. But yeah, just I mean, but not even just through me. Uh, support who you want to support, because I think Zach Blobner and uh, the herd and Santi and a few other people are also partaking in this influencer competition. But but anyways, it's uh, yeah. So uh, five dollars off if you use the promo code, um, whoever's promo code that you want to use. And uh, yeah, I'll be there. Uh, it'll be a good time. I'll drink. Um, I will get drunk. And I'll show my feet. I'll walk. I'll walk down even more barefoot. I wouldn't suggest. I'd oh yeah, you're right. I would not do that, buddy. You get the the Ebor shoe looker is gonna gonna lick your uh, your barefoot, and that's how you get worms. Oh, I gotta remember that guy too. Uh, but yeah, Steak Five, all caps. Steak Five. I'm a little uh, even if you couldn't get Steak Sixty Nine, even though it's only five dollars off either. I know. I wanted to, but yeah, even if uh, if you if you're not gonna plan on going, 
uh, do it anyways. It yeah. goes to the USF Tampa Alumni Association and helps uh, fund some scholarships for student athletes as well. So if you don't feel like donating to USF directly, just do it in this really roundabout way of uh, getting the money to the, the the student athletes who work so hard to hear us bitch and complain for almost an hour and a half on a podcast. Yeah, I will say that the the USF Greater Tampa Alumni Chapter is fantastic. Um, it is better than certain, you know, actual regular alumni chapters like the regular whole one. But anyway, but yeah, no, they do a good job. They got their shit together. Please come out. It's fun. You may meet me. I won't tell you who I am. Um, I will be walking around because I look like E.T., so you may pick me out of a crowd, but that's neither here nor there. He's the guy that looks like E.T. There you go. I mean, honestly, I've been <laughs> I've been to the bar crawl a couple of times. There's a couple of people who look like E.T. Yeah, that's, that's part of the course, actually. That's that's just Tampa in itself. Yeah. All right. Promo code STEEG5, all caps. S-T-E-E-G, number five. five. Number five, all caps. All right, I think uh, we're done. Anything else? Go, go Bulls. Go Bulls. Go, go Bolts. Go Bulls, go Bolts. Go Rays. Steak 5. Steak 5. Steak 5.